Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try, try, told, try and told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? What's up, Welcome gang? to the Grindcast. Grind Simon Arias here. Get ready. It's a new day. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. And I got an absolute beast. Listen to what I'm saying. I got an absolute beast and a gem for you all today. And this is this is the quiet assassin. This is the unsung hero. This is this is the person in our organization that has absolutely dominated and exploded at an extremely high level. And some of the people that are recognized around the globe in our company, maybe they have a louder outfit or a louder personality or whatever the case may be, but people may look at them and know them, but Brody actually is the one that does more production. Brody is the one that actually gets the results. You ever hear of the term all show, no grow? Well, a lot of cats are all show, no grow, and Brody is some show, all grow. All grow, all business, all growth, all leading from the front, all leading by example, all serving as people. I mean, everything that comes with, I tell people Brody Evanson is a coach's dream. That's what Brody Evanson is, a coach's dream. Somebody that is low maintenance, comes to work when he's supposed to come to work, leaves after he's supposed to be there, Comes early, stays late, no drama, no negativity, explosive results, gets tons of production with no drama, no maintenance, low negativity, no, no, no nothing but serving people, helping people, and helping people grow. A lot of the people that are a part of our agency and, and, and company know Tristan Delabic, who is arguably, arguably the the best uh, young developed talent. Um, in our, our company's history at his age um, and has accomplished some things at a younger age than, than uh, most people in our industry and definitely has been an, an MVP, you know, for us. And he's 22 years old. And Brody is the one, one of the people, because it takes a team, takes a village to raise a child, one of the people um, that, that was one of the people that developed uh, Tristan and helped to develop Tristan. And then there's other young people. Brody has all he has successful people. How old is Mark Alvin? Uh, I think he's 50. 50. Let's just say in his 50s. Okay. So Brody got super successful people in his 50s rocking it. And then how old is Mike Maloney? Uh, 18. 18 years old, right out, right out of high school. He'll make six figures this year. 18 years old, six figures in his first 12 months. In the business was making ten thousand in a month while he was in high school. Don't know if the <laughs> teachers were making that, but I know he was making that ten thousand in a month while he was in in high school. So Brody is successful at developing young talent with patience, systematic approach, and then also having success with people in their fifties, and then also has somebody on his team that has their law. Degree and my man Brody got that master's degree. Brody got that master's degree also <laughs> from the uh, University of St. Francis or is it San Frank St. Francis <clears throat> University? Yeah, St. Francis. Yeah. Brody was a D1 athlete, a captain, and uh, praise the Lord, I met Brody through the police. <laughs> 
cops cops towed my first Maserati. I, I lived in uh, Cranberry Township in a little small condo in in Cranberry, and uh, three bedrooms. We used one of the bedrooms for like overflow and closet. You know, I, I had really two bedrooms. I had a big ass bull mastiff, and me and my my what would end up being my wife um, Natalie, my my girlfriend at the time. Uh, one car garage. And um, I ordered my first Maserati. I was all excited about it. It was red, like candy apple red. And um, we had Matt. I'll never forget it. I know the day because it was Maddie D, one of our top dogs over here, my partner in this business, Maddie D. Uh, it was his 30th birthday party. And the car was supposed to be there. So somebody wasn't like Brody on time, but the car was <laughs> supposed to already been there. By 5 o'clock, and the car was not there because I wanted to drive it. The car was not there. We had to leave and go to Matty D's party um, for his 30th birthday party. We had a limo bus and all that. And uh, when we left, they were supposed to drop it off in our driveway. Long story short, they dropped the car off in the wrong driveway. And the people had the car towed. So when I got home... We called around because the car wasn't there. Guy said he dropped it off. We called around and we found out it was at the police station. And they said, if you don't come get your car tomorrow by eight o'clock this morning. Now, after hunting this thing down, getting home after midnight, which nothing good happens after midnight. We got home a little bit after midnight. Then I couldn't find a car. We're walking all over. We're calling people. We're trying to figure it out. We called. Finally, after all that goes on, you know, we're two, three o'clock in the morning. And, and they said, if you don't come to the police station tomorrow before 8 o'clock, your car is going to have to stay here, you know, for the rest of the weekend. So I'm excited. I want to drive the thing. I want to see the thing. And uh, so we went there the next day, and we're in line. And I got on my college football T-shirt, Mercyhurst football. And I'm uh, my wife is up at the front talking to the, to the police. I was letting her handle stuff. I was a little uh, upset. And so she was talking, and, and um, I hear the guy say, is this your uh, Maserati? I say, yes, sir. And uh, so he said, let me make a call. He made a call, and, and he said, oh, man, they scratched the car. It was brand new. And, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. I'm looking at him like, you got to be kidding me. He hung up the phone, and he looks at me with a serious face and starts laughing. And he said, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> they didn't scratch the car. It's right down the street. Matter of fact, I'm going to take you down there. You could hop in with me. Uh, my daughter is also getting ready to enroll at Mercyhurst, and we start talking. That man was none other than the game changer himself, Brody Evanson's dad, Mr. Evanson. And, and, and Big he, Frank. Big Frank. He he uh, he was the one that introduced me to Brody. So I went down, and we got I, – I, I rode with him. My wife followed me. We hit it off. He was such a nice guy. He got the car out of tow for me, and he felt bad for me because there was, like, dirt on it and stuff. He knew the story. And he said, my son is home from college and I uh, plays football and he's here and he's detailing cars. I'm going to have him help you out and, and, uh, and hook you up. So he hooks me up with Brody and Brody gets my car clean and, and me and him end up hitting it off and we start working out together. So one of the times we worked out together, he, he took me to, to Revolution uh, Fitness was, was the name, right? With, yeah, with Lanil. And I'm talking about my dude trapped me in there. Usually I'm the dude that is <laughs> overdoing the gym. I mean, I'm the dude that's like people are looking at me like we got to go. We got to go home. Like we, we, gotta, we got shit we got to do today. He had me in the gym for three hours. 
three hours from lifting weights to balancing on my left toe to to balancing on my right ear to I mean we were we we did it all and I'm like man I do got a sick ass work ethic so then we start meeting to run sprints in the morning this is his off season we're running sprints at Mars High School in the rain in the, in the rain. rain in the football field <clears throat> this is normal to me I do stuff like that <laughs> usually no not normal to anybody else but it's n normal to Brody obviously and we're meeting early in the morning and, and, and we're running sprints and after I have a little bit of time over the over the time that Brody was here during the summer training I'm like man this dude got one of them rare rare work ethics man and I found out that his knee he had blown his knee out couple i think both knees out uh mcl lcl yeah all ACL. that stuff acl and uh ended up coming back and rehabbing playing defensive line for a one double a football program and was a captain so i'm like all right most people quit after they blow their knee out and then if they blow it out again they're definitely done to rehab from those type of surgeries, I'm aware. I played college football. I know what that requires, the amount of work and energy to not even know if it's going to pay off or not, and then to blow it out again and then have to go through the whole process. So I'm like, this dude is tough as a son of a bitch. He's tough as shit. He's mentally tough. He puts the freaking work in. He's disciplined as shit. I don't care if he don't talk that much because he didn't talk a bunch. I know... If he just says the words on our presentation one day with that work ethic, he's going to dominate. So I think Brody was had two more years left in college at that point, two or three years left of, of football. Yeah, I had I had uh, I think I was a sophomore, so I had three years left, and then I had a red shirt. Yep. So yeah, I had three, three or four years. Yep. So three this years. whole time, I end up then I end up becoming friends with his brother Chad, but but the whole time I I, I stayed in touch with with Brody I went and watched him play football I think me and Justin went and seen yep, you know, one, and one of your Maddie games D. me Justin and Matty D went went down to see one of your games and uh you know I never knew if you would ever come aboard to work here you know or not that wasn't my only intention I really genuinely liked you you know now that you spend time with me you know how much I like to just mentor young cats you know right. and stuff like that 100%. and sometimes they end up working with us sometimes they don't and I never really even pushed hard for it and then nah. one day, nah. one day, uh, Brody called me up and, and wanted my advice. And uh, you could talk a little bit about it, you know, from there. Yeah. So, well, first of all, man, I just want to say I appreciate everything that you've done. And, uh, you know, just an honor to be on here. And uh, but, yeah, I was uh, I was again, I was a sophomore in college when we met. And then uh, after after going through school, like I'm in school the whole time. And I, I, I was going, I was going for finance, and uh, didn't plan on getting my master's degree, but uh, ended up getting a red shirt, so I ended up getting my master's degree. And um, the whole time, I'm thinking, you know, I never even thought twice about, you know, going and, and doing what what you do or and, and coming aboard. But you know, I, I figured I was like, you know, I was, I'll figure it out. I'll, you know, I was, I'll, I'll figure it out at some point and uh ended up getting closer and closer to graduation i'm like you know getting closer and closer to having to decide what i what i was going to do and you know my my dad's on my back and you know everyone's on my back and um you know everything everything that i i really thought about doing after going on a couple job interviews i really didn't it just didn't have that type of 
that type of energy, that type of vibe that, that I felt like I, I meshed well with. Um, so obviously, you know, talking with you, you know, I felt like that that type of energy and that type of environment that you had and that you brought to, to this business, um, I felt like that was what I meshed the best with. Um, so that's when I decided to ask you for your advice, hoping, really just hoping that you would say, because at the time I didn't really didn't know like if you needed some type of special degree or uh, special, you know, license or certification or whatever. So I'm like, just hoping that you would be able to bring me aboard here. And that's really that. You really remember where we met? Starbucks. Starbucks, Starbucks and Cranberry. Yep. We met at Starbucks and Cranberry. And uh, I remember having that conversation with you and you had an offer at the bank. Yep, the bank. You had an and offer I, at the bank coming out of school with a master's degree. They were offering you over fifty, sixty thousand a year salary, I think. Yep. And uh, we talked about it, and I said, "Man, I don't want you to think I'm only doing this, the whole thing, just to recruit you." But if you ask my opinion, it's hard for me to not tell you. I think you would crush what we do here. Right. And um, to say that you've crushed what we do here would be an understatement. You yeah, know, I and think you, we'll get more to it down the road, but um, I think you know, we the made one, the right choice. And the other thing that you know really is what attracted me to you was the fact that you know I wasn't even in the business, and you were coming to my games. You know, going. I mean, you you came to I think more games than some of my own family members came to, and uh, you know it's like so that that there and 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 the whole time never. Never once, honestly, I, I don't even think I knew really what it is that we even did until maybe a couple months before we talked about it, you know? So, you know, that's really one thing that, that stood out to me and one thing that I was like, you know what, I think that, you know, I, I want to be around people that genuinely care. And, um, you know, that's that's how I felt about the whole thing. What what did people, did, did, did people ever ask you, you know, coming out because I know when I came into this, I was like really the only person in the family uh, that was graduating, you know, at the time with a four year degree right on time, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, the, I come from a blue collar background, you know, everybody sacrificed just to try to give me a, a little bit better of an opportunity. And so I come out with a college degree and then I get into an industry where you don't need a college degree. Sure. So I know I got I got a little bit of 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 questions, you know, from that from, from sure. people, you know, around me busting on me a little bit. Did you you got a master's degree? So did people ever ask you like why would you do something like that oh, if you already have a master's degree and stuff? Of course. I mean, <laughs> literally pretty much everyone in my family um other than maybe my brother was the only one that 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 told me everyone else was like what are you thinking you know you 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 got your master's degree you know you like and i just thought that's what you were supposed to do i thought you know everyone tells you you know go to school get a degree um so i'm thinking you know i got my master's degree that's gonna you know lead me to where i want to be and um you know but but when i looked around and when i talked to you know some more people um who were close to you like tommy and maddie d and justin and and I started to realize and I started to look at like the type of li lifestyles that they had. And um, that was the type of lifestyle I wanted. And when I was looking around at the other people that, you know, that were trying to give me advice and I looked at it, 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 it you know, what they had going on, it wasn't that wasn't 
what I saw for myself. So that's that's kind of what what drew me to it was, you know, the the, the lifestyle and, and just, um, you know, the people. Um, but of course, yeah, I mean, people were questioning it every even 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 after I had started, you know, how do you still, think that you've had so much success? You know, I mentioned it when we were just going through the introduction of it. But, you know, how do you think you've had so much success without a loud mouth? like a loud personality. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, like a lot right. of, a lot of people, you know, we will joke with you and I know you're, I mean, you speak well from stage and you know, you have a great personality. Um, but you're more reserved than most. If you look at like sure. the, the people that are crushing it, like they're really loud, outspoken, you know what I mean? And right. all that stuff. Um, you're like a, I'll speak when I'm spoken to, and I'm going to use the least amount of words that I need to, to use in order to get my point across. <laughs> and I ain't going to do too much extra talking, you know, even to where we would tease you and say, I think Brody used his word quota for today. We ain't going to hear word, no yep, more from the word him, quota uh, af after this today. How yep. do you think you've had so much success without, you know, having that type of a prototypical, what people would think you need to have a loud personality in sales and leadership, stuff like that? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think just all growing up, it's always just been, um, you know, just lead by example. You know, I feel like my, um, you know, I, I learned a lot from, you know, my, you know, one of my, one of my best role models of my dad, you know, my dad, not very, not very loud, um, but, you know, gets the job done, does, you know, does what he's supposed to do. And, um, you know, I, I kind of just, rolled with that is just leading by example. I feel like, um, you know, especially when I'm around, when I'm around people who I can grow from, I, I try to, you know, try to take it all in and try to try to soak it all in. And I feel like that, you know, there, people try to talk too much whenever they really don't have anything of value to say. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I just want to be a sponge and just kind of soak it all in. And, um, you know, but obviously Man, that's a great point right there. Yeah. I think people can learn from sometimes, you know, we've, I've been in environments where, you know, similar where I try to be just a quiet, you should see me. I, I, I do a Brody when I'm on the plane with, you know, I was on the plane recently with, with, uh, coach Trestle and, yeah. and, uh, out of the people on the plane, I think there was four people that all own their own planes. And you would have, I was, I was a Brody. I was yep. like listening, you know what I mean? Talking a little, trying to just more yep. listening and learning. And a lot of times people will try to impress when right. they're around people and they want to tell what they do, you know what I mean? And what yep. they're doing and give advice almost to, to people. So I think that's a good learning uh, thing. What do you think prepared you for, you know, this opportunity before you got here? Because you came right out of the gates in your first year and had success your first second year you you started crushing it how long you been here now uh january will be seven years seven, seven years, years coming up yep. in january yeah so what what do you think anything that prepared you um you know i think a, a lot of it had to do my whole life i've played sports and i think sports especially playing you know you play college football and, and i mean so you know especially playing at the collegiate level it it really prepares you for the discipline and the schedule that you need to have in order to have success. Amen. So like when you look around, when I was in college playing football, you know, and I went to, I think what helped me a lot is I went to a small, a smaller division one college. So, you know, it wasn't like I couldn't not go to class and, and just, 
you know, skip and, and, and not go to work. Like I, I had to go to everything cause it was small. So if, uh, if I didn't go to class, you know, my, my coaches knew about it. So just having <clears throat> that schedule of, you know, waking up early and, and, and getting in a routine of like every day, you know, growing and learning and, and just, you know, with, with not just school, but with, um, you know, with sports and, and just, I, so I think that that, probably helped me the most prepare for this so when i got to this is yep sports especially playing college sports though because you had to do it all it's like it's like you know we tell people when they when they start in our business it's like it's like working and going to school at the same time and that's that's what i was doing whenever i was playing college football so it was like that's a that's a 30 40 hour week work week 100 percent minimum playing football minimum Yep. You know, traveling, yep. you know, traveling, yep. not being able to see your family for, for long periods of time, not, you know, during the season, I didn't see my family, you know, unless they came to my games for the whole, pretty much the whole season. Exactly. So, um, summers, you, know, you, you got to sacrifice, you know, right. everybody else is enjoying themselves for three months, going on vacation. Right. You know, you got to get ready for next season. You got to get, you got to get in shape for camp and get ready to compete. Right. Yep. And then kind of, you know, going back to what you were saying before about, um, you know, just, going through adversity you know with uh with with my injuries i've had um you know going through something like that just really helps you just realize that um you know things could always be things could always be worse and you could and and coming back out of that you grow so much more than when you when it happens to you um you know, so I think that definitely the, with the injuries and coming back from that and just, you know, um, yeah, that, that not giving it. up. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, you had you had some success and and, uh, you know, we're going to work at the bank and stuff at the bank. You probably wouldn't be driving a McLaren. You know, right now <laughs> you got this sick McLaren and, and apparently Spaceship. I'm still learning, you know, the car game from you and some of you guys. But apparently there's levels to the McLaren game. And the level of McLaren you got is even a higher level than, than the level of a normal McLaren. And uh, it's sweet and it's sick and it's orange. Uh, what cars, how many cars do you think you've driven uh, and owned since you've been here? Well, for, if, if you want to get me talking, just start Talk talking cars. about cars. I talk, I, I, talk to, I talk to logs more about cars and some, than, than most other people in the office. But um, so, yeah, whenever I... Whenever I first started, um, I, I had a, I think three months in, I got a 2007 uh, mint green Chevy Malibu. That was my first. That was the first. That was that was the field car. That okay. was that was my first my first car. But uh, after that, shortly after that, I got a um, I had a Mercedes uh, C63 AMG. Um, actually, uh, one of my one of my young dudes, uh, one of my MGAs, John Rent. Um, you know, 20 years old. He, he just bought the same car, um, just a newer version of it. But he's so, 20 years old, 20 years old. Yeah. He just bought a what? Uh, Mercedes. Yeah. Mercedes C63 for him. AMG. So AMG at um, 20. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's, so I had, uh, I had that for a while. That was fun. You know, it was like basically just an engine on wheels, that little freaking go-kart. Um, but then <clears throat> after that, you know, it was funny because the, I think I told you before about, you know, the Maserati, you know, when you talked about the story about your Maserati getting towed, your Maserati and Tommy's Maserati was like the main driving reason of why I, Sold you of on why the deal. I wanted to come aboard. And it was funny because 
after I started exactly a year later, I got the same exact car, a mm. Maserati Gran Turismo. Um, and that was like my, that was the, my first real what like, color? was white, white. It was white, so. black, black wheels, had all the carbon fiber on it. Um, and that's, that's the car that like, I really got excited about just because it was not only was it like my, at the time it was like my dream car, yep. but then, you know, you had it, Tommy had it. And, uh, you know, so I, then, so that was like my first like exotic. Um, but then after that, a bunch of stuff, uh, Range Rover sports, supercharged, um, white, you know, why you got yours. I think the, the white with the black roof. I, when, you I think got when you saw, yeah, yeah, yeah you saw mine. I copied and then, you. Yeah. You got, I love the, that but you car. got the big boy version. You got the, you got the big body. Oh, I, I got the, the leg. Room I had for the these little legs. Yeah. Yeah. The leg room, the head room. <laughs> but, uh, the, um, so I had that. Then at the same time I had a, um, I had a Jaguar F type R, which, uh, which, that that seems to be like the the uh, uh, the the Labic Arius car of choice the the They're Jaguar the, the Jaguar yeah. F type um, yeah so I had that and um, you know Tristan loved that car I think Tristan drove that car more than I did and um, and then Geo Vaca um, who's with uh, Tommy's agency he actually bought that off me and then after that was um, I had an Audi R8 that, that car was awesome it was V10 yep. that was you know nasty. fun loud made made a bunch of noise um you know that i had that for maybe I, the thing is i don't keep cars for longer than like six to eight months i'm mm. i'm like really i get i get bored get of stuff quick um so i had that then i got a then i bought my house so i had to i had to sell the r8 and that was kind of that was kind of a, a blow to me i realized like how depressed i w i was without having a nice car so yeah. like for like a two month period of time uh i i, I wasn't in a good place but uh at least at least on that end but then i got a um a porsche gt3 um i mean that's like a, a your, race car your house you, you you bought was brand new yeah yeah right? brand new townhouse five minutes from the office so um but yeah i had decided so i had the porsche gt3 after that um yeah that's like a, a race car track car um that was fun and then um that's when I upgraded to the, uh, just recently I got the, the McLaren, the 720. So it's a 720s. That thing's, that thing's a spaceship. It's a hmm. monster. It's got, uh, I, I did a bunch of stuff to it though. I put wheels on it, uh, full exhaust tuned it. Uh, it has like right around a thousand horsepower right now. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. The doors, doors go up. So come on, it's fun. The doors it's fun. go up yep. like that. Yep. So, I love it. Yep. And then that's the, this so is your last on, year in your twenties. Yep. 29. So 29, this is the last year in your twenties. So I think since you're, since you're, thanks for reminding me walking out of your twenties, thirties <laughs> are great though, brother. Thirties <laughs> are good. Thirties have been good to me. The, the, the getting out of your twenties and coaching people that are now in their twenties, like 20 or teenagers coming in that are that are going to be in their 20s people that are getting ready to walk through their 20s what advice would you give to people that are in their 20s getting ready to walk in their 20s um you know i mean uh, you know there's there's so much advice that that i would give to somebody in their 20s but i think the you know one of the biggest things would be um just watch who you watch who you take advice from and um and don't be afraid to go all in. What do you mean? Watch who you take advice from. Um, yeah, one one of the one of the quotes that that 
that I've always lived by is don't don't take any advice from anybody you wouldn't immediately trade places with. And you know, I think too many people take advice from people that, you know. Is is this going to be loud enough if he's not closer to the mic? Because I don't want nobody you, to miss you hear me? what Brody's talking right. about. All right, because without the okay. headphones on, I can't hear for sure what's going on. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, not taking advice from people you wouldn't you wouldn't immediately trade places with. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times it's easy to take advice from people that you're close to, like people in your inner circle. But those aren't always the people that really are qualified to give you that that advice. Right. So I feel like, um, you know, that that's number one, um, you know, but num number two would be just find find one thing and go all in on that one thing and just get really, really good at it. And don't be afraid to sacrifice your time and your, and your, and your effort right now um, because you get it all back. You know, it's like you, you get it all back and then some. So, um, yeah. I when mean, you say you get it all back and then some, what do you mean by that? Um, just what it leads to with, with the, the schedule that, that you're able to have and, um, you know, being able to get to a point to where you have enough financially to where your schedule is pretty flexible. Um, you know, and I feel like that a lot of people don't realize how achievable that really is. Um, but you gotta, you gotta go all in for Up a, for a short the period all of time. In is the, is the thing that I think young people miss in their twenties because I, I they, they start getting hit with this. You, you need to do all these different things. 100%. You should have all these different businesses. You should like have my biggest pet peeve all for these young streams people. of income. Right. You know what I mean? You got to have 17 streams or you need seven streams or you need three streams or you need that stream. And, and what you're saying is get you one big ass stream. Right. Just go all in on one stream, master it, smash it. And then that stream can lead to possibly doing some other things or investing in other things that don't require a lot of time because if you if you get that mainstream rocking and then you start putting your focus on these other streams even if they go up a little bit if you go down over here and you go up over there now you you're, you're getting more time and energy and effort over here more stress levels but not really moving ahead so i think that's a lot of wisdom and a lot of advice, you know, that, that you just gave. Right. And I think you brought up a good point, too, with just the, the stress levels. I think that if you're if you're only focusing on, you know, getting good at that one thing, it's a lot easier and it's a lot less stressful than if you're trying to juggle a thousand different things at once. Um, so, yeah, I think that that plays a big Staying part. Staying with the people in their 20s, you know, coaching people that are, you know, young, young 20s. Um, what stands out to you about? you know, advice you would give to other people coaching people in their early 20s? You know, what have you learned on here's here's how you here's what I think. And it's not a, a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. You got to be you got to adapt. But generally speaking, here's some tips on coaching younger people. And then and then also I'll follow up and remind you. But if you you know, like what what are the things that stick out to you about the ones that are the best in their 20s? You know, the young people what do the what do the best ones that have success what what do they have that other people don't right those okay two, those two things so uh the first one you know uh what advice to give to people coaching people in their 20s yes um it, biggest thing is patience you know you just got to have patience and understand that that 
you know, they're, they're, they're going to show up late sometimes, you know, they're, they're, they might go on a, on a trip with their friends, um, for a weekend, maybe without telling you, um, but, but understanding that look at them for, for where, for where they could be and not where they are. Um, you know, I, I think just really looking at that person for where they could be five years from now or, you know, 10 years from now and not just thinking, oh, they're never going to get it, you know, um, you know, and then the, the next thing was, um, what was the, the next thing was the, the next one was, was for people in their twenties, what stands out? And, and I was right. paying attention. I was Googling something I'm gonna hit you with in a minute, but, but for, for 20 year old folks that are having, cause you got 18 year olds having a bunch of success, right. 20 year olds having AMGs. <clears throat> I couldn't even spell AMG when I was 20 years old. <laughs> and the cats are driving AMG. The, the, the young people, what stands out about the ones that are successful and what stands out about the ones that are not successful? Like, what's the big, difference? Uh, well, a lot of things, but a big one is coach, coachability. Um, you know, all the, uh, you know, from, from you know, I can, I can name a bunch, but, <clears throat> you know, ones that stood out the most to me, you know, Tristan, John Rent, and Rob Jackson, you know, those three, probably some of the most coachable um, people I've ever met in their 20s. You know, it's, it's hard, especially for people that, <clears throat> you know, a lot of those guys came right out of, right out of high school. So for, for guys coming, for guys or girls coming right out of high school, it, it's, <clears throat> it, who haven't really been exposed um, to things like, you know, playing sports at a college level or, you know, being in college and being, you know, having to, to listen and learn. And, um, you know, I think that for, for them coming out of high school and to be that coachable, um, that's really, you know, what, what drives everything is, is just being coachable. I agree. I agree. hundred percent, 200 percent. Here's what I was Googling. I Google, what is the average and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I was Googling, what, what is the average income average for a doctor's salary by state? What does it say for Pennsylvania? So for PA, it's, it's 125000 That's the average salary for, for a doctor. doctor. Um, and then it says uh, average physician's median salary um, in 2019 was 206000 uh, the best paid 25% made uh, 210,000 and the lowest paid 25% made 110,000. And so if you, you're still in your twenties, uh, I think if you went to school to be a doctor, you'd still be in school currently yeah, right now, usually probably. At, at 29 years old. What would the 29 year old Brody say <clears throat> to the, you started seven years ago. Right, you said six or seven years ago, yep, getting ready seven, to be yep. seven. So the twenty-three-year-old Brody, what would the twenty-nine-year-old Brody say to the twenty-three-year-old Brody? Um, well, I, th I think a lot of things, but you know, a couple of the main ones would be: don't let you know small, small, short periods of difficulty. Um, don't let that have a long-term effect on you. Basically, don't dwell on. Don't don't dwell on things that that happen to you, um, and just kind of let it go. And um, you know the other one would be just 
you're not gonna you're not gonna make everybody happy and you're not gonna please everybody i think i, I tried so hard when i was when i was young to to pl to please everybody and to try to make everybody happy and to say yes to everything and i've realized that you know you you really gotta start to be very selective with you know who you decide that you you know you're gonna spend time with and and, and make happy and i think that um you know that that's probably the biggest thing i would say is just speaking of making people happy how important is it to have support from a, a, a girlfriend, a spouse, a significant other in in business in general? You know, especially our business. You right. know, how important do you think it is to have support from you know whoever you're rolling with? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I mean, I look at <clears throat> you know, I looked at you know one thing that that you, Tommy. Justin, Maddie D, you know, and any, you know, other, other people in our business and other people just that, that are successful that I've noticed is that, um, most of them, I would say, you know, 95% of them all have extremely supportive spouses. You know, I look at, you know, Nat, Courtney, Tyler, Jess, and, you know, and, and obviously, you know, uh, my, my, my girlfriend, Katie, you know, it's like, it's, it's something where like if you don't if you don't have that support it's very easy to let little things you know get get you down you know it's so if you you, you got to have that have support have you seen and tried to coach people that had talent but they didn't have the support you know from a girlfriend or sure. significant other and how 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 has that affected them sure i mean it's it's something that could have a have a huge effect on on your future if you're not if you don't have support from that person but i think that <clears throat> especially for something like our business i think it's it's crucial that for your spouse you have that conversation and that you know you get them around other people um you know because they're just like they're just like anybody else you know they most people are you know kind of have that normal way of thinking like this is you know you go to work nine to five and I think just having that conversation up front and uh and and getting them around you know people like you and and even you know the other spouses and and who who are uh around and just getting them around those people and um because it yeah it could have a huge impact on you know your future and your your mental health and just just everything yeah I think speaking of you know mental health you know, I think part of life, you know, is, is going through certain levels of, of adversity, business, certain levels of adversity. You know, I know one major adversity, you know, that you had that you and Justin share in common is, is uh, your mother passed away. You know, how old were you uh, when your mom passed away? And does this role uh, or does this play a role in, in you uh, having the ability to stay even keel through certain things because man for your age even way back you know when you started but even today you know you may feel old you know at 29 you know business will put some miles on you right oh but 100 but, but you're not you know and, and so to handle things the way that you handle things you know turbulence adversity stress i would i would i would uh, describe it as even keel and so what 
would you say that that played a role in, in how old were you first of all when, when your mom passed away so i was i was eight and it was it was two days before my ninth birthday so mm. it was it was april 5th and then my sister her birthday was two weeks later okay so yeah we, we were we were young at the time so that's why you know for me it really didn't it, i was old enough to understand it <clears throat> but it really wasn't something that like really hit me until you know i was like a little bit older um but yeah definitely definitely helped to mentally to you know i i felt like trying to find the good in every situation and i think that just watching watching my mom go through that and and battle through that and watching how you know my family still stayed strong through all that and and watching you know for for my mom was super healthy i mean she was you know athlete in high school athlete in college um was a police officer so you know to to see somebody who's you know 100 percent healthy go through something like that go through cancer and and you know basically takes everything out of that person um but to still you know see them see them fight through it is uh you know it it it, it makes you just realize that you know it could be things could be a lot worse Amen. and and Everyone, that somebody's always got it worse. And um, that's why I never really, and I know this might like, this might not, I don't know how it's going to come across, but I, I don't really feel bad for, for, you know, for people that go through that stuff. Cause it's just, it's, it's normal. It's part of life. Like I can't be upset that, that God a lot, you know, that God put that adversity in my life. Um, you know, but God will never, allow you to go through any adversity that you can't handle. So I feel like, you know, that, that actually brought me closer to the, to the Lord, because whenever my mom was going through that, um, you know, that's how I got introduced to pastor John. So like, that's, that's what really, you know, kind of introduced me to that side of it. Because before that we, you know, as a, you know, as a family, we really weren't, um, you know, those type of people, but, uh, but yeah, so that definitely, definitely helped. And, uh, as far as staying even keel, um, you know, I think a lot of things just in my life helped me do that, but, but that's definitely one of them. Um, you know, I think my sister is the same way. If you, anyone that knows my sister, she's super like strong headed and, and doesn't really, doesn't really let things get to her. So I think that that, you know, that definitely played a big part in it. Makes, makes sense. What, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs? Um, period you know, people starting up a business or people in their twenties coming right out of college, you know, want to do something entrepreneurial, what advice would you give? Um, you know, I think we kind of touched on a little bit of, of it earlier. Um, but just a couple more things is just, um, <clears throat> don't always look for something that you love to do or your passion. Um, you know, I, I never would have thought in a million years <laughs> if you would have told me I was going to be doing something with insurance, I would have told you you're out of your mind. Same. Like I would have never, never thought that. And, and, and it, you didn't it, have a dream to, to be what, in the sell, life insurance sell, sell industry. Life insurance? Yeah, man. But, but now like once, but once you realize that, that, you know, most successful people, most people who've had a lot of success, when you when you really read up and you, when you really study these people, you realize that they all 
do things they don't like to do. They all, you know, a lot of the stuff they hated to do. So, and, and that just, to me, you know, really kind of humbled me and, and really brought me to, brought me to earth. And, and I realized like, man, I, I, I don't really have to be doing something I necessarily love to do. Um, but I've come to love it with finding the things that I love to do, which is, you know, helping people and, um, mentoring people and coaching people and, um, you know, helping people grow themselves mentally, spiritually, um, physically and financially. And, um, you know, I think that's the other going kind of going along with that is, um, you know, the advice I'd give to, to, you know, entrepreneurs or people in their twenties is, um, work on yourself first. You know, the biggest, the best thing you can do is, is to grow Amen. yourself. That's the best investment you can make. You know, people talk about investing into, you know, Bitcoin and um, real estate and all this other stuff. But, you know, how much are you actually investing into yourself? That's, that's, and that's the best investment you can make, um, period. You know, and that's, that's what leads to everything else. So, um, 100%. you know, invest into yourself. I think, you know, just to hone in on talking about, you know, it's not always just doing something that you that you love, but like me and you've both we've grown to love. Right. We do. hundred percent. hundred percent. We love this business. We love this industry. You know, uh, just I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'd go back and do the same thing, you know, over again. Right. But there's parts of the process. There's parts <clears throat> of your journey that yes. no matter what it is that you choose, there's things that you need to do in that journey and in that process that you might not love. And there's things that you love that might not be lucrative. And right. so if, if you're going out to be an entrepreneur, you know, and, and, and you want to not only be, you don't want to be miserable and make money, but if, if, you're, if you're starting out to be an entrepreneur and you want to make money, first thing you need to check is, is, is something that you're 100% passionate about going to ever even earn you income because right. you can do some dumb stuff that you're passionate about and and then you know <laughs> right. it, it not earn you any income or you could go uh, into something and you find something that's lucrative and then you take the things about it that you can create a passion for like coaching 100 percent, yeah. leading people you know being an entrepreneur coaching people helping people mentally physically spiritually and financially serving mm -hmm. people and helping people with the product there's things in there that might not you know the industry may not be as sexy but there's things in it that are that fulfill that mission for you and then the things that you are super passionate about if you take care of your business then you actually can get to work on your passion right i had a man tell me before man that he had more fun with his passion when it wasn't a job so for example if you love martial arts and it's that's your job 24 7 what you got to do mm -hmm. this particular person was saying man i had more fun with it when i it wasn't my job that i didn't have to care about how much money i made on it at all and i could just coach people out of the kindness of my heart not worry about any money do what i want to do you know right. just train and have fun versus worrying about the bills and the process of you know everything yeah, right. and, and so sometimes it's better for you that you let your passion be your passion right and you get to just have fun you know in yeah. those things and, and, and not turn that into a freaking job that's yeah. why things are called a job yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's it, work. And it's reason. kind of ironic because when you look back at a lot of times when 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 the parts that when you when you were doing it, it sucked. When you look back on it now, those were the parts where you feel like you've grown the most from or that were the most fun when you look back on it now. It's like I, I 
very, like there's very few things that I remember like that, that I felt like I I learned from or grew th- from that weren't like things that were hard or things that sucked. Yep. You know, it's like I always look back and it's always the things that sucked. It's where, where those where I was where I where I grew the most. grew the most from it. So yep. definitely anything else. You know, I know we brought you way over your word quota today. <laughs> Is, Way is, over. Is there is there Not anything else that you could bless our audience with, uh, Brody? Um, any any advice? Any lasting words uh, that you would want to give people? I think first of all, you've done a phenomenal uh, job today. I know a, a ton of people are going to grow <clears throat> from the wisdom and and from a lot of the uh, things that you've said today. And uh, I'm personally so grateful for. Uh, our people having somebody like you to look up to and for me having somebody like you to work with as a partner, you know, in this business um, is, is a true blessing and an honor. And and I really got lucky, you know, that day you talk about things that suck, you know, it sucked the day they towed my Maserati, uh, but they could tow 10 more Maseratis in my cars. If I get to trade in every time I get a new car, I get a Brody. (laughs) They don't exist. And uh, I'm just grateful, man. I'm grateful that, that God put you in my life. Any yes. any any lasting any final words you would you would leave with anybody today? Um, you know, just only thing is just you know find find a mentor, find somebody, you know, like like how how you are to me and how you are to so many other people. Um, you know, find somebody like that um, because when you do, um, you know, it seems like things just seem to just fast forward. And you just you you learn so much quicker, um, and you, you don't have to make the same mistakes that uh, that they made, you know, in their in their life. So, um, so again, I just appreciate everything that you do for 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 me and for everybody. Um, and uh, you know, again, just just finding a mentor um, is huge. But just getting started, you. brother. We're just getting thank started. You. Just getting started. I'm grateful. Uh, if this helped anybody out there. Do us a favor and help for us to impact other people. We ain't making no money on this thing. Uh, Share it with other people. We just want to make an impact on other people that you think that we can impact so we can change our little piece of the world. So uh, share, please. And um, we're we're grateful for the time that you've invested. And uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. Count money, man. Stack riches. Riches. Try and told told him I'm a beast, blood.